Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Hey, you guys, welcome to another podcast. This is part of our series of when life happens, and we're talking about when things come up in life as you're building a practice. And today I'm joined by Saba Haruni Lurie. She's a marriage family therapist in, should we say LA area or Santa Monica? LA. LA. <laughs> LA. That could mean a big area, but, and today, what are we talking about Saba? Growing your practice while you grow your family. <laughs> yeah. Make it human. <laughs> while you're, Forming a human. <laughs> well, how long ago did you start your practice? It's been five or six years. Mm-hmm. And how old is your kiddo? So I have one two and a half year old. Uh-huh. Um, I quit my job. Uh-huh. My job, and it was prompted by joining boot camp. So mm-hmm. I kind of set it up so that I would quit my job and do boot camp right at the same time so that my practice could really begin to grow. And that's when I also got pregnant, right at the same time. <laughs> so, um, and I hadn't expected that it would happen that quickly. And it was, I mean, I feel really, really blessed that it did, but it just was unexpected in a lot of ways. So that really pushed me to kickstart things. Um, and I went from subletting two spaces to taking on two full offices that, that were my full-time offices and hiring my first associate who was an intern at the time. Um, and at the time it was just hoping that we would make enough money to cover the rent for the both offices until I could get back. I wasn't really hoping to be profitable. I just was like, okay, I'm going to be out. I won't have any money coming in. How can I make sure that my clients are seen that if we get any referrals, they have somewhere to go and that I can pay the lease on these two offices so that when I'm done, with maternity leave, which I only gave myself six weeks for the first time around. And my daughter was two weeks late. So really I gave myself four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, how can I make sure that I have a place to go back to in space that, that we can use? So everything was really intense and really, um, yeah, there's a lot of pressure at the time. So basically like, some of the business growth got correlated to your due date <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yes, absolutely. It set a timer. <laughs> I moved into the, the other office that we have in Los Feliz. Um, so again, I took on the two offices at once. We moved in on January 1st. My due date was December 29th. And I was in here moving furniture, um, like overdue and trying to just get their office ready mm-hmm. and also hoping to induce labor because we got to get the show on the road. <laughs> Did it work? No. <laughs> <laughs> A week later. <laughs> so what was that like, the pregnancy? And also basically you're having two births. You're growing a business, growing a human, birthing both. Um, I think it was... I remember that year being really stressful and challenging, but I also had a lot more space to be present. And it was really nice to not have to show up at a job where I wasn't happy and didn't feel valued. 
it felt really nice and exciting to be growing something that I was really invested in. Um, and I, I remember being really conscious of the, the life that I was growing and really connected to, to her. Mm -hmm. So it, it was, I mean, I won't say that it was easy, but it, I think it was good. Mm -hmm. Did you have a, like a easy pregnancy? That's a funny way to say it, but I think. <laughs> it felt easier in some ways. I was really excited. Mm -hmm. um, I joke with folks that the first time I was really, really excited and really hopeful. And this time around, there's less excitement because I know what happens once the baby shows up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was really excited. And I think having the flexibility in my life to decide when I want to take a nap even was really mm -hmm. a gift. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say the pregnancy was easy, but it felt easier than I think it might have otherwise. Mm -hmm. And then you're currently pregnant for those that don't know. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, Sama just showed her beautiful pregnant belly. <laughs> when are you due? August 15th. Yeah. So what has it been like the second time around? This time, my practice is in a very different place and life is very different. So we now have a two and a half year old and she has a huge personality, mm -hmm. up a lot of space in my life. Um, and the practice has since grown. So I, when I got pregnant, I was seeing 20 to 25 clients a week. Um, and I had two associates, both interns, working in the practice in three offices. And since then, we have been and continue to be in a state of flux. Um, and a lot of that has been prompted by, again, by trying to prepare my life for having a, another child. Um, I think this time I'm more conscious of how difficult it was to go back to work, which mm. is so tiny. So I'm doing my best to give myself a bit more space to be home and to recover, mm -hmm. and to bond, and instead of four to six weeks, I'm shooting for three months, mm -hmm. trust, um, while knowing full well that that won't mean three months away from the practice as a whole, but away from clients. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, we're simultaneously growing and shrinking as a practice, so I made the decision last week to close one of our offices and to focus on one side of town, um, and the office that we have here is really close to my home, so that's it's more convenient. Um, but it also means losing one clinician on that side of town who will join somebody else's practice. And then one of my associates on this side of town just got licensed and decided to pursue her own practice. Mm -hmm. So there's just a lot of moving parts. And I'm really doing my best to get everything set up by August so that hopefully it'll be a little bit smoother once the human is here. Can you talk a little bit about what that means to you to get it set up? Because that that can mean many things. So for someone that's listening, that's maybe going through this, what does setup mean? Absolutely. And I can appreciate that we're all in different stages with our practices. And yeah. They're doing, uh, they're doing sole proprietorships and it's just them in their practice. And for me, the focus has been really growing into a group practice. Mm -hmm. So for me, what setup means is having clinicians that are in the practice that I feel really, really great about that I'm excited to have as part of the team and that are skilled and competent. And also I've learned, at least for my practice, licensed. 
Um, I don't have the space or the time to invest in helping someone develop as a clinician right now. So bringing on folks that are really happy to receive the support of a group practice and are already prepared to see clients from day one mm-hmm. is a big difference. Mm-hmm. I'm also in the process of hiring a admin assistant, which is a first for me. And right now that means that I'm working 50, 60 hours a week and working nights and working weekends and doing consultation calls and knowing that's not at all sustainable. Right. So hiring someone to come in and support and help and honestly do some things better than I do them because mm-hmm. there are things that I just don't do well. Like I'm not the best at making spreadsheets, but I know somebody else is and finding that person to come and help our practice grow. So that's what it means for me to try to get those things established mm-hmm. before August 15th. <clears throat> One of the things like we teach in boot camp and talk a lot about is like simplicity. And I think about that in terms of what you're sharing of seeing what you can automate, what you can delegate, and what you can eliminate. And then the rest is for you to prioritize for yourself. So for if someone is a sole proprietor, that may look like who could take your calls while you're on leave, um, who's going to cover your clients, like just making sure things, whatever you can, can continue to flow without you. Um, and for you, you have a lot of moving parts with the group. I'm trying to get them to stop moving for a little bit. <laughs> I think that's bad. I also think this time around, I've been a lot more intentional about asking for help. Mm-hmm. I it. So I just hired someone to build us a new website because I had two different ones. I'm not a website designer. I've spent a lot of time making them and I'm never happy with them. So I thought, okay, I can now have somebody else take this off my plate and do it better than I might. I also hired someone to help with writing the content because for months I've been trying to write it. I've written parts of it. It just keep getting stuck. And I finally realized this is a a big time waster, a time sucker for me. Mm -hmm. And it's not actually leading me to do the thing that I'm saying I'm going to do. So can I hire someone else to help in this area? Mm -hmm. And I feel really fortunate that the practice can allow for me to, to outsource some of this, but it's been really important to learn how to ask for help and when to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Does that happen on the personal side too? Yes. I'm also going to see a new therapist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's one of the ways that I'm trying to make sure that I'm getting the support that I need. Um, I've been reaching out to friends far more often. I've made a lot of friends that are also group practice owners. Mm -hmm. So it's been really nice to have them in my corner and to have them understand some of the challenges that I face. Mm -hmm. Um, Having folks that are where you are and that get it, I think is so important. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate having that community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is, what changed about your business after your first child was born that like what changes did you make because you were now a parent? My time became a lot more valuable. I used to see clients until 10 p.m. and I'm a night owl by nature, so that was no problem. But I would accommodate folks whenever I could. I would take sliding scale clients on because I wanted to and I liked them and I thought that I should. And suddenly every hour that I was working was an hour away from my child. And that was a really big difference. So it became a lot easier to have boundaries um, around the times that I would see clients around my fee, my fee became really clear and I was no longer going to slide um, because I had to pay someone to take care of my child one. 
and I had to pay for the office space and all the expenses. And I missed being with her. It was hard to be away mm-hmm. from her. So I think my boundaries really changed. Hey, it's Kelly. Are you enjoying today's episode? There is so much more to starting your private practice. That's why we created Business School for Therapists. It's our lifetime access business building program created especially for you and all the future stages of practice that you are going to go through. If you're ready to join a community that supports you, that to have access to a massive library of private practice trainings covering everything from creating your vision to setting your fee to getting you legally covered and more, this is for you. Simply go to bit.ly slash therapist business school to get started. Hmm. Do you think that when you made the decision to grow into group, do you think that that was, became even more strong of a mission as you had a child and as you are having another one in terms of your time is going to shrink again here soon, you know, with two? Mm -hmm. Yes. I think my mission became more clear. And my mission has always been to provide supportive and effective therapy. Um, And I will name that I also felt really insecure a lot of the times in my own abilities, if I was good enough, but I would then think about the therapists that I had seen and I've seen tons since childhood um, and that not all of them were really great or supportive. And I've always tried to be really conscious of my shortcomings Mm -hmm. and do my best work. So my mission became to make sure that we provide that service, but that it doesn't need to be just me mm-hmm. and then having other folks that can also do really good work and that I would feel really safe with. Mm-hmm. And it, the mission also became giving myself space to not have to work until 10 PM and to not have to work weekends so that I could be with my family too, to have more of a balance mm-hmm. instead of having the practice take up 80% of my life. What do you think you're doing differently this pregnancy with the business compared to the first one? I'm really trying to be more intentional and to think one year, two years, three years down the line versus just the immediate present about how I'm going to respond to things. Mm -hmm. Can you give an example? I think creating some systems, Mm -hmm. um, Hiring an admin, mm-hmm. creating processes, streamlining things, um, trying to think more big picture instead of reacting to, yeah. to things as they show up. Right. That's one of the things, you know, that we talk about too, of you can patch a hole or you can foresee, like look down and say, is this going to hold me as things get bigger and grow if not what's gonna allow for the growth without me having to change again because that's just a lot of energy to keep reinventing mm-hmm. your processes yeah so I'm trying to learn from my mistakes mm-hmm. and be really intentional about moving forward mm-hmm. I'm also investing a lot of time right now while I can in marketing so I've been doing more community marketing and I've been trying to do more um, again of the writing but to have a more steady referral stream in place as much as I can so that I know the practice is going to be okay. Even if I'm not seeing clients. Mm -hmm. 
So what kinds of things will be happening while you're on leave without you? Like what kinds of, do you have things planned out to cover you while you're gone? Like with your marketing, for example? That's a really good question. My hope is that the right person that joins our team next, the admin assistant, mm -hmm. will be able to assist with some of those different kinds of tasks. So mm -hmm. one of the things I've begun to do is to outreach to um, doctor's offices in our neighborhood mm -hmm. and having them continue to build those relationships, even if I'm not the one doing it would be ideal. Mm -hmm. And I think the online marketing is something that I'm hoping they can also assist with mm -hmm. while I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the delegation of things so that you're not as missed, so that the business doesn't rely completely on you. Mm -hmm. It's real important. Yes. How has it been physically <laughs> to do all this and be pregnant? I forget. The first trimester was awful. Mm. Was awful. I think far worse than it had been the first time around. Mm. Um, but since then, I often forget that I'm pregnant because I'm so busy, mm -hmm. which is a blessing and a curse. Um, I feel a little bit less connected to the mm -hmm. pregnancy. And I think that that's just a, a given, given having a two and a half year old. And yes. <laughs> um, but I'll like, we have a closet in the corner right here mm -hmm. right next to our couch and I get stuck and I forget that I can't maneuver the space in the room that I'm used to. Um, so that's one of the physical challenges and it's sitting for long periods can be a lot more difficult than it used to be. Um, making sure that I'm eating, making sure that I'm going to the bathroom. I have to go to the bathroom every hour, which was not the case prior. Mm. So giving myself permission to do those things and remember that it's really important to take care of myself and I'm working on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How did you handle the first trimester? Cause everyone has different yeah. ideas of that. Yeah. Like in session and you want to. It was, just, for me, it was eating. I had to make sure that I was full mm -hmm. basically all the time. So mm -hmm. I would eat between every session. I had um, trail mix mm -hmm. candy that I could just eat, drinking a lot of water. Um, and then I would try to do some grounding when I was feeling not great in session mm -hmm. and hope that my clients understood, understood that I was as much there as I could be. Mm -hmm. it's tricky because they don't know in the first trimester. My mm -hmm. clients didn't know. Mm -hmm. so it was just doing my best to be as present as I could and give myself permission if I needed to for a minute, observe the room and then come back into the session. That would be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lots of awesome. compassion. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So if someone is growing their family, and they have a practice, what do you want them to know? That it's doable. That it, it for me, has meant stretching in ways that I didn't know I could stretch. But that's how I believe we often grow. So give yourself the opportunity to stretch in that way and be kind to yourself when it's painful because it will likely be painful sometimes. And build a community if you can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. congratulations on your new you. one that's about to arrive um i just i i just really appreciate us sharing these stories because uh it's something that happens a lot to people they get pregnant and they get pregnant multiple times and 
they um, have, you know, this dream of their business as well. Do you find feeling torn? It's something I see a lot like that. And it's happened to me that I, when I'm at work, I want to be with my kid. And when I'm with my kid, I have stuff I want to be doing at work. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And one, I'm, I'm trying to be more present. My partner is reading a book called Deep Work. Mm-hmm. And he keeps reminding me that when we do one thing and then do something else and then do the thing, mm-hmm. our brains get wired to look for distractions. Mm-hmm. So it's really difficult to be present. So I'm doing, trying to leave my phone in a different room Yeah, be with my kiddo when I'm with her. And then also to carve out real time when I have childcare to do work and make it about work. Um, but there's, I mean, the guilt is very real mm-hmm. and there's judgment. There's judgment from folks about, you know, why are you working? And we went to see one, we went to see one um, family counselor, someone that was supposed to help us with sleep because we were struggling with sleep. And this woman told me, well, most moms stop working when they have their second child. And I was really astounded. Mm. <laughs> um, and the implication is that, one, you have the luxury of doing that, that you could just decide, okay, well, I'm going to stop working now as if your income doesn't actually matter to the family. And two, that you don't want to work. And that's the reality is that, one, we need the money. I, that's part of my reality. But two, I love the work that I do. I really do value my clients. I look forward to seeing them. And, um, and I care about my practice. So... I try to be real with myself about what my values are and it is to spend time with my child and it is to have a really strong relationship with her. And I value my job. Mm -hmm. I value my career that I've invested so much time and energy into. So I try to quell that the guilt when I can. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I think it's something a lot of us experience and especially when it gets reflected back to you by other people of like, Oh, this is how it should be. But there's my hope is through this series that there's no one right way, but we're all just trying to navigate and be, like you said, be intentional and make the best decision for ourselves and for our families. Yeah. And that looks different for everybody. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Do you think too, like in terms of um, with the next child coming, how, what more is going to change for you in terms of, does, do you see your role shifting at all with the business? My, my hope, my hope is to really only see four clients a day mm-hmm. when I return. Um, there are days that I see six to eight right now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to stay at the office that late any longer. Mm-hmm. So like I mentioned, I used to work until 10 p.m. Right. When you returned to work after a few months, it became clear that I needed to be home at night. Mm-hmm. So I now see clients until 6.30 and then I go home. Um, but my, my ideal, right, mm-hmm. is to be here from 8 to 2 or 9 to 2 mm-hmm. and then to be home in the afternoon when my, my two-and-a-half-year-old will be getting out of school. Mm-hmm. So my hope is that I'll have one more structure in place so that I don't need to be doing a million things at once. And then also that I'll have these boundaries that I'll hopefully be able to really maintain. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's hard to know right until you're there, but at least to have some idea of what you would like, I think is important. 
to yeah. you know what to shoot for. And then take small steps there. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any other pieces of advice you'd like to share with people who are listening? I think ask for help. Ask for help. If you can, from whoever you can. It's good to get support. And we know that because we provide support, but often we do so much that we forget to ask for our help for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Salva, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you, Kelly, for the opportunity. Congratulations on the family and the business. And I mean, it's been fun to watch you grow. Thank you. And see all the changes you've made. I'm excited for you to only see four a day. (laughs) You know that. (laughs) And uh, yeah. Thank you. And I, you know, I think Zanini really prompted a lot of these changes in the first place. So I appreciate you giving me a chance to begin building the life that I really wanted for myself. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you. So if people want to check you out, where can they find you? Our website is Los Angeles MF Therapist. Um, The MF is intended to be funny because I like swearing. (laughs) (laughs) And you can email me at losangelesmftherapist at gmail.com. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinimi.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.